are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Um, Jeff, what's the name of your beer? It is Love Tap. Love Tap. That is the grossest name for a beer I've yeah. heard in a long time. Remind me of a willy. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> wow. Yes. Uh, what do you think of the beer? The beer's fine. I think it's, it's a bit... I've, I've had it before and i got to say I was really underwhelmed. Um, can you tell, there's been a change in my beer habits recently. Yeah, you've upgraded. Yeah, well, not intentionally. I've just changed my strategy. So instead of going to the shop myself on the way home from work and getting the cheapest thing I can find from the fridge, yeah. and then still complaining about how much it costs, I'm just adding beer to the shopping list and seeing what happens. And in the last <laughs> few weeks, when my wife's done the shopping, she's just come home with, I didn't know what you wanted, so I got something that I thought looked good. I'm like, what she thinks looks good isn't the cheapest. It's something called Love Tap. <laughs> Maybe she... No. <laughs> what are you drinking, Rog? Uh, two Birds Pale. Oh, nice. I'm on, a, I'm on the Shiraz. I'm not on Aldi wine tonight. Wow. I'm on a Taylor's Branch. Now, is that Shiraz. a medal I see on that, John, as well? No, medal it's, no, it's just a gold moon. Do you know, They. I think they've done that to make it look like a medal. You're probably right. I actually was given this by Jeff and Jane. Um, for babysitting once. Oh, there you oh, go. Good one. It's delicious. Aged well. The yes. highest quality, I'm sure. Um, we are the Football Shed. We're here every week. Uh, three English blokes that live in Melbourne for way too long now. Um, we record each week in Jeff's Shed, hence the name Football Shed. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review. Um, subscribe and tell your mates all about it. If you want to get in contact, you can shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can shoot us on message on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also have a look at our fancy new website, footballshed.com, which has all our latest episodes and end feature bets on. And every week we start with a question. And this week's question is about the top four. In the top four, everyone is choking. Um, but in the last 10 games in the Premier League, Man City and Liverpool have won 56 points out of a possible 60. So that's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, Man City have won 30 out of 30. How many points have Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United won in their last 10 games? So from a possible 120 points, how many points have they won? 46. So sorry, how many teams is this? So it's 40. <laughs> it was quite a complicated question. Yeah, so two, basically, two teams won 56 yeah, yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many t- points did four teams so Jeff's saying only 46. Six. No, I think it'll be more than that, but uh, I reckon, yeah, less than two points a game. So maybe 70. They've won 58 points between the four of them. Oh, I was low-balling there. There's only two points more than Man City and yeah, Liverpool have that's won. That's crack. Cumulatively. Just, everyone's choking. Well, I think that they're not just choking. There are glaring inadequacies from fourth to sixth they're all half teams in, in, my, in my opinion in what way um, Spurs as in Spurs in the Champions League semi-final well we'll get onto Spurs in the Champions League semi-final we'll get onto that in a minute but, but I, I look at those teams right so Chelsea have got a good first team ish mm-hmm. a good first team a brilliant second team they just don't get played Yeah. so, so they're yes. a half team yeah. because, because they don't do the thing that they need <laughs> to do to be better, which is to play players like Loftus Creek, Loftus Creek, <laughs> Loftus Cheek, Cheek, uh, uh, Dawson's Creek. Uh, from from the beginning, they, they weren't playing Hudson Odoi. They they're, 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 they have 
uh, half they're half a team because they're fundamentally flawed because of the way they're set up. Arsenal are a half team, but they're the front half of a team. <laughs> yes, they've got <laughs> the, no defence. The, the back half of Arsenal is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. Spurs are half a team because they only have one team. Yeah, they only well, have a first team. Once they have injuries, they're through. <laughs> if they had the reserves that Chelsea had, they would be living the dream right now. Yeah. But they don't. So if only you kind of had a cross between Sarri and Pochettino, you'd have a really good footballing side there. Man United are half a team because half of them just walk. Yeah, they just don't care. They just don't, they just don't run. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're fundamentally flawed. So it's no surprise that they have accumulatively half as many points as the two teams that have full teams. I don't want to say you've made a good point. But you've kind of made a good point. Because you can see the flaws in all of them of why they're just... Like, at this point, at the point at the end, where it's actually just up for grabs. Just win three games. Yeah. Like, Arsenal just lost three in a row to Leicester and a bunch of crappy teams. <clears throat> Can't win away to And you're just else. like, if you just win three games, you guarantee Champions League football. Which is massive. Na- yeah. Like, they should... You know, as professional footballers, <laughs> they should be able to do that. But I wonder, is it also... Like exacerbated by how good Man City and Liverpool are, like you know, because they've just like cantered off into the sunset, and they're so much better than those other four. Yeah, a little bit, but in reality, the four chasing the top four um, have lost to not good teams. Like the only game that they've won in the last twelve between them is Spurs beating Brighton one nil. Wow, that's like, a damning statistic. One game in the last 12. Yeah, between, between, them, between them. Wow, yeah, that is so shocking. Spurs just beat Brighton 1-0. That's the only win. And it's not bloody rocket surgery, is it? You can you can see what's going on with those sides. Like yeah. We, as people who are not there every day, you yeah. know, we're not in training. Yeah. We have no control. But you can see it. And I, I flippantly reeled off their problems. But they're, they're genuine. Like, Sarri's um, inability... To use Chelsea's like outrageous squad depth, the fact that they've got you know seventy nine players out on loan, mm. you know what I mean. But there, there are players like Kurt Zuma who who would be very yeah. good in this Chelsea side right now. But even if he was there, he wouldn't get played because players like Lofton's Dawson's Creek <laughs> like sits on the bench. And Manchester United, where do you even start with Manchester United? Arsenal, how could you not have known that they only had a front half of a football team? On, well, let's stick on Man United and Chelsea because they played each other. I give um, Chelsea a little bit more credit, perhaps, because they've had a slightly harder run over that uh, yeah. period than those other teams. Well, if, like. well, I was going to say, if you look at Chelsea's season, they're in the Europa League semi-final, which this is this week against Eintracht Frankfurt. They got to the League Cup final and lost just on penalties because the keeper had a strop. And they <laughs> are... It's been a long <laughs> season, I remember yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> And the, they're in the fourth at the moment, and feasibly they should get fourth with what they've got coming up. Um, so if you finish fourth, get to maybe win the Europa League and get to a League Cup final, that's an excellent season. For the start of the season... Especially first season, new manager coming in. Let's not forget, going back to the start of the season, he had no time with those players before yeah, the no season pre-season. started. No pre-season. Like that's, so he's kind of getting a team to play the way he wants which is a very intensive style on the hop the uh, I don't think that he the uh, sorry (laughs) but but would that be a good season you've got to agree that would be a good season qualifying for the Champions League for any of the top six is a good season because there are six teams vying for four places so any of those to succeed in qualifying for the Champions League means that they can they can continue that journey next year but if you you win a trophy I think that 
Yeah, if they, they, if they win the UEFA Cup or Europa League, whatever it's called, then yeah. they'll they'll have a you know they'll have a party. But they will they? They were disappointed when they won that last time. I don't know. Yeah. If they qualify for the Champions League, Sarri will keep his job, and the world will be a worse place. I think Sarri might keep his job anyway. I'm I'm sick of watching his football. I've been sick of it all year because it's so rigid. I I feel like the more time he spends there, the more Chelsea will adopt his style of play. And I know both of you love <laughs> Sarri ball. Napoli. Were a great. They were one of the, for two seasons. They were one of the best teams in Europe to watch. I, okay, I I agree with you. The Napoli played incredible football, but I don't think that football cuts it in the Premier League. And I'm not saying that as someone who's righteous or or someone who's kind of you know bulldog English. <laughs> you know, cut it in my country. No, that's, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that that style of football is flawed with the British style of football. I'm not saying the British style of football is better. Yeah. Sometimes quite the contrary. Yeah. But it's faster in England. You Okay, so how is Yeah, Italy slow, 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 quick. Yeah, like, and and you so Man United have conceded three goals in three games by long shots for De Gea because of his errors, right? Yes. Now Sarri Ball doesn't permit long shots. Yeah. It, it it doesn't let you do it. If you are a, a centre back and you've got up to the end of the 18 yard box it is your job to pass it to Jorginho anything less you're in trouble yeah. that that in itself Although, means that you're not going to score you're not going to win 1-0 against United when you highlight the fact that De Gea's having a, a bad run of form and just take a pot shot just get it on target see what happens that's not going to happen but their goal against May United was the centre back shooting from the outside the box Ex- that's exactly my point the longer that Sarri is there the less that they will do that and the worse off they will be so, or do you reckon? I just I disagree. I just think they'll get used to the way he plays, and the player he'll get his team in. Two we'll transfer talk, windows. Yeah, we'll talk. We've talked about the, having transfer windows, and they haven't they, got any. They're bloody banned, aren't they? But they have seventy nine players alone, as you said. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They want it if there's one club that can possibly get away with not having a transfer window. Yeah. It's Chelsea. Yeah, but on the head, come back, my pretties. Uh, one other thing on Chelsea yeah, or Chelsea are. Do you think that Chelsea and Arsenal? are slightly in limbo land or distracted by the fact that they are in the Europa League semi-finals and that there is another way into the Champions League as well as winning a trophy and they're stuck in a bit of this oh, do we completely go for that or do we try and get the league as well because I don't think they we you know I don't think they're quite good enough to go for both full tilt so are they a bit like, well, which one do we go for? I think both of them think it's easier to win the Europa League than it is to get into fourth. So wouldn't it be and great if they that's the final and they what, need to win? And they, were, and they were fifth and sixth. <laughs> yeah. oh, I would love yes. that. <laughs> but then, or... Do a shed special on that. Yeah. The, the, if they get to the final, it's whoever wins and then they get into the Champions League. Emery has won that tournament three times. Yeah. Sarri has never won a trophy. So... On paper, you'd back Chelsea being a better team than Arsenal, but just from Emery being the coach he is, I think Arsenal would actually win the final. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, going on to Manchester United. De Gea, John, sorry, I interrupted. Yes, you. no, that's right. I was just. What do you do with David De Gea? Like, I love the guy, I think he's a brilliant goalkeeper, but he's obviously just having a massive crisis of confidence. Do you love him? Yeah. Like, he's a very good goalkeeper, but is he, is he a good person? I don't, I don't. <laughs> like I kind of think he might be a bit cut from a sim, the similar cloth as Courtois. No, I I like the hair because <laughs> bit of a knob. No, I like him because I don't know what he's like as a person, but I like him because he's stayed at Man United for eight years now, um, and he struggled at the start, but he's improved and improved and improved, and he's made himself better. 
And generally, he's not been too outspoken about, I need to leave or want to leave. He's like, oh, Real Madrid are coming. He's like, no, it's all right, I'll stay. And he doesn't have a hissy fit and go, I'm not playing. He just gets on with it and works really hard. But he's the first time since when he first came in as a 19-year-old, he's making regular mistakes. And he's, it's weird. He said it's regular. It's, he's made three mistakes in a row that cost three goals. Now, mm. for a, a world-class goalkeeper, you expect three mistakes a season. Yeah. So in three weeks, it's it's a lot. He's obviously he's been your player of the year, something like three times in the last four yeah. years, something like that. Um, now he's got a very long head. Yes, and and, and that's not trustworthy. <laughs> you, yes, you, logical of, argument yes. coming out here. It's not. It's so long and thin. But do you know he's the goalkeeper who's been in the like PFA, a Lego brick, yellow he, Lego brick, the PFA team, the lies of Lego dots. <laughs> He's been in the PFA Team of the Year more than any other goalkeeper ever. Wow. Really, really. Like, That's he's pretty consistent. Impressive. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I respect the fact that he came in as a, as a, as a foreigner, as a foreign player, <laughs> and had a, had a. Um, oh, I was carrying on with your thing really, but uh, you know, did have a difficult start. And often, when you see players come in like that, and particularly in a a position like goalkeeper where there's a lot of focus on you if you do make mistakes and he did make some mistakes early but he came through it and you've seen him progress from a young keeper making mistakes into one of the best in the world and so I you know I agree I think that does show something but and I in defending him a bit I think some of it at the moment is just you know the result of the way United are playing as a whole and you know, there's if you're a keeper and you're seeing this bunch of misfits in front of you that don't look very engaged, and there's no organisation in defence, um, you're conceding sloppy goals. I think it's hard to, you know, to be fully on your game as a keeper. Yeah, because no, you're seeing all that happen in front of you. I think that's fair. Um, but the, also, the thing that struck me thus, because it's been talked about a lot this week, whether the hair should be dropped. dropped. Yeah. yeah. Um, main night sub goalie is Sergio Romero. Played 80 times for Argentina. He's great, he's Romero. Like, yeah. You forget how good he is. And one, it strikes me as weird that he's been there four years and played like four games. Like, wouldn't you be bored? Like, just sitting there not playing. Well, we talked about this last week. Players that have uh, sat around for ages and got loads of money. Um, but why don't you just give... Like, the next two games Man United have got is Huddersfield away and Brighton at home. Like, I reckon I could play in goal. But what are you dropping him for? I think you, if you're going to drop him, you there needs to be a clear... Are you trying to give him a kick up the ass? Are you trying to say to the other players in the team, no one's beyond dropping? Like, what are you? What are you trying to do with dropping? You're saying you need to sort out your head and decide what you want to do. Like, are you here for the long haul? Are you in? Are you want to play part of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer revolution, which is going to flop? Um, so, or... so that to me, that says that you think he is making the mistakes because his head is not in the right place because of those yeah. things see I um, then I'd agree with you I'll, I'll give him a, a footballing excuse I, I think he's getting beaten from pot shots right why are teams being allowed to have pot shots from distance against Manchester United I would argue that Matic last, is too slow to close it down Matic is too slow Pogba stands still all day Fred's but, crap I, that's a, I read a, a statistic about Pogba that made me want to just like smash my head against a brick wall have you seen that he spends 64% of his time walking wow that's kind of what I do that is the worst from 79 central midfielders in the Premier League he's also the second worst for time spent jogging 
Wow. That is That's really quite damning. Amazing. That yeah. is atrocious yeah. behaviour. So, okay, so if you're David De Gea, you're looking at your four centre backs, mm. sorry, four, your four defenders, yeah. your Oli Gunnar plays wingers that, that bomb on forwards, so you're looking at two defenders that sit in front of you, <clears> and <throat> then in front of them, there is no shield. Which means that you know that the organisation of, of Manchester United centre backs this year has been atrocious. Yeah. So if there's no one mopping up in front of them, of course you're going to take pot shots because you can. You're like, I might not get yeah. it, and and there is still the kind of the aura of Man United. You know, yeah. everyone says it's gone, but it's not. If yeah. you have a chance to take a thirty yard scream or Old Trafford against United, you're going to take it because yeah. you might not get another chance. And that's how teams are scoring. So De Gea, for all of his errors that have led to goals. He's facing more shots, and he's facing more shots that are, you know, berserk from distance yeah. without any cover. Um, let's move off, mate, because it's depressing. Um, let's go. Oh, it's great. No, I want to just slate Arsenal. All right. So carrying on with the top four, Arsenal lost to Leicester three 0 um, I could, think, have, could have been seven. Oh, that's the fir- first thing to say about that. <laughs> Did you see Jamie Vardy's goal? Well, first up, the first twenty minutes, I thought Leicester were the best team in the world. <laughs> and they were playing 11 against 11 at that Brendan point. Brendan Rodgers revolution. And I was just like, Arsenal, only, they had like 70% possession against Arsenal. You're like, what's going on? This is weird. And then they had the player sent off, Mate Nas was sent off. But Jamie Vardy's second goal, where they just hoof it down the field. Yeah. And then, oh, kick it over. Like, that's a Sunday league goal. There is nothing about that other than hoof, run, or miss. It came off the... Or oh, head it back in. It's so disgraceful. It's almost the same as Leeds letting uh, <laughs> letting them walk the goal. That it feels like that. It feels like centre backs have been told by Emery. Oh no, just 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 let him get through. Just he's quick. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry about it. We'll get another one. Just yeah. just just let him walk through. And the fact that it bumps off the bar and still he wasn't challenged. He was mm. he was on the he was on the line. And Socrates. Socrates, you disgraceful human being. He was on the line watching it bounce over his head back to Vardy. And he didn't even flinch. He didn't die for it. I remember um, Phil Neville getting sent off when he. This is like a good ten years ago, whatever. Getting sent off for Everton for stopping the ball Save, on the line the with, a, with his hand. Yeah. Get sent off because he did a penalty. Now, I don't care whether he got sent off and conceded a penalty. We still lost the goal. The fact that he was willing to do that for his club to prevent a goal. to prevent a goal yeah. from a situation that he thought. The only thing I, you know, I don't want players to cheat, but Socrates just stood there. Yeah. What a yeah, and, ah. and they all and they all also look. He, if you watch, I watched the replay earlier again today, and Socrates runs through, and like the keeper runs out, and Socrates flows his arms out. It's like, what are you doing? Like, get it, and then he doesn't really try to get it. It's, it's just just so mess. horrible. But what is, they've had a they've been chopping and changing their defense a bit recently. Mm. But what I mean, they. Particularly recently, Arsenal have been diabolical. Like, what do we think's happened? They're running out of steam at the end of the year. Like, what's the? Um, I, I, what do we I, think's I, happening at Arsenal? I think, like we mentioned about the Europa League, I think they're distracted by yeah. the Europa League. Um, I think that he's trying to get Ozil back in the team, and I'm not sure if it actually helps the team. Yeah, so he's played a lot more recently, Ozil, and. It's not really worked. Even Aubameyang and Shakiri have seemed. Ah, uh, sorry, Shakiri. Um, um, Lacazette. Lacazette have gone off the boil. It's like, so if you've got you got a happy mate and a sad mate, who do you want to hang out with? The happy one. I mean, like Rogers, fine, but he's super negative. And you're you're quite a nice guy, John. So I'll probably hang out with you more. And so so Arsenal's adventures towards the end of the season. It's they they're gonna just be kind of bed at night thinking about the Europa League. They can win a trophy or. 
think about losing one nil away to Everton and yeah. play three nil away to Leicester and, and that's alright because everyone else is crap too and we're probably going to get there anyway and all of are above Tottenham like it's just nonsense what's going on at Arsenal Arsenal play Brighton at home this weekend now Brighton are almost definitely safe almost definitely <laughs> yeah I, I think they're safe aren't they? um, but uh, Arsenal have got a good home record, but do you reckon there's any... If they lose to Brighton, that's embarrassing, but do you reckon there's any chance of happening? Yes, because it's Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, do you know, I think that that's got nil-nil written all over it. As you say there, we've discussed the kind of the the advanced tactics of putting Ozil in a team with two strikers before, saying that you can't accommodate for three players who have such a, a high... Yeah. position on the field when Ozil doesn't do the work that needs to be done as a number 10 so you, you can't he can't be one of your midfielders and putting Ozil back in the side I think that they will be up against a very organised Brighton defence and nothing's going to happen in that game Brighton are really as you said last week John they're horrible at the moment the because all they want to do is not concede yeah. they want to not score not concede get over the line have a holiday come back next year and, and pretend it never happened yeah. And because of that, Arsenal were so unbalanced that they will just come up against organisation. And I think nil-nil. I so think the other... Just, you've really sold it to me, Jeff. Definitely going to watch that game at <laughs> half one in the morning. I think the other thing with Arsenal, and it, you know, the fact they're letting Ramsey go, mm. I mean, that was, I, I, that was more Arsenal letting that happen, in my opinion, than Ramsey really driving and wanting to go. Mm. Um, but they are lacking in quality in midfield particularly in the middle of the park they really are like if they want to be challenging the top teams you know they're, they're midfield's weak and you're letting Ramsey go so it's getting weaker and Torreira's gone off the boil he started really well and yeah, now he's just a bit can we, can we credit um, sorry go on no Rich. no you go can we credit Leicester Oh yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, your boy Tillmans was uh, Tillmans was really, was really very good. good. Yeah. And obviously Vardy's having a party again. He's yeah. just scored eight and eight or something. He's the highest goal scoring Englishman above Sterling. Yeah, like sneaky shout for um, top goal scorer. Like Could be said. top scorer. Yeah, and, and do you know that he's only three off the top. It's not again. It's not rocket surgery, is it? What's going on at rocket uh, surgery Lester? or science? The same, same, isn't it? It's all just nonsense. Leicester, um, these are strong. <laughs> these are strong beers you're drinking tonight. <laughs> is it? Um, what Brendan Rodgers has done is said okay Jamie Vardy up you go yeah. everyone look for him <laughs> it, it, it's that yeah. basic it really is when you watch it you know, they've got creative midfielders well, we won the, good. they won the league and like it, exactly, <laughs> it's exactly right. they won the league on learning how to transition so as soon as they won the ball back they'd knock up to Jamie Vardy and if nothing else that goal that we slated Arsenal's defence on is an example of knock it up to Jamie Vardy and see if something happens they've got more though than that as well I think um, uh, Wilfred Ndidi um, deserves good, it yeah. so he he's only uh, 21 as well he has had the wow. most uh, I think most successful interceptions in the Premier League this year um, or maybe he's, he's in top three anyway I know uh, your okay, uh, mate Idris is in top three as well and then uh, I'm the other bit it won't be Kante but yeah he's. I think he's quietly he's one of those had, a, had a very 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 good season without getting a huge amount of plaudits and he's young and I actually think you know Chilwell's young mm. I think if they can keep Tillman's he's Madison. young Madison they've, I think there's although Vardy's getting Harry on a bit young. Harry, I think they've got the nucleus of a, of a really good squad there at Leicester have they got a good enough team to do anything against Man City this weekend yes 
they play Man City. It's a Monday night game, so five a.m. Tuesday our time. It's at Man City, but can Leicester and Brendan Rodgers, ex-Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers, make something happen in the title? And Leicester have already beaten them this season, yeah. haven't and, they? And here's the thing for an omen: Man City have lost twice this year to two ex-Liverpool managers. Oh, who did they lose to? Rafa Benitez and Roy Hodgson. Oh, so it's on. Broro is back. <laughs> Broro, <laughs> he's back. Who knows? Leicester uh, on massive. Fo- great. Stranger one things have happened, and I hope it does. But I, you know, the city machine. Um, last, the the top four chases is Spurs. Um, they lost to West Ham at home, one 0 in the league, and then this morning lost to Ajax one 0 in the Champions League. Um, have. Are they just all really tired? They looked crap against West Ham. Like they, yeah. it was so lethargic, and there was just there was no there was no pizzazz. There was no like desire. I was like, wow, this is in terms of you know preparation for a, one of the biggest games in your history. I'm worried about the Champions League because it was so underwhelming. Like yeah. I was I was quite disappointed in that. They, they, they were the opposite to Ajax. Like if it gets in that game against West Ham, the opposite because they. There was no sh- no sharpness. Mm-hmm. They they were just trudging through the game. But that is that though because if you've got a squad of twelve players uh, and <laughs> you've got to play eleven of them on Tuesday in the Champions League, d- d- uh, Vincent Janssen got yeah. a game like that. You're really scraping the barrel. Are you just going? Don't get injured, anyone, please. Yeah, don't but get here's injured. the thing: so we so we talk uh, you, John, talk <laughs> talk a lot about Pochettino being an amazing coach. Yeah, <clears throat> and there are lots of things that prove that you are right. Mm. However, the, we spoke and we've spoken so many times this year about the crunch point in the season will tell us whether last year and this summer's transfer strategy has last year's summer and this Christmas transfer strategy has been a complete disaster because they will run out of steam. Yeah. Now, we also spoke about them having so many players at the World Cup. All of this was conceptual nonsense until about February. Then it started being real. Mm. And now watching it now, they have nothing left. And I'm not saying they have nothing left for the fitness. It, I don't think they have mentally got over the Manchester City game. That was a great... Like, the, the highs yeah. and lows and the chaos of that. And It's yeah. hard to back... Always hard to back up a tie like yeah. that. Yeah, and in yeah. reality, they sat third. And being third and getting to a semi-final of the Champions League for Spurs is an incredible achievement. And if, when you're really, really tired and you kind of go, oh, at the end of the year, we can go, we made it to the semi-final and we finished third. Oh, that'll do. And, and those players at the end of the year have got to play the bloody um, Nations, League. Nations League final. England, yeah. Like the pressure on that uh, three weeks after. They're, they're spent and they're mentally spent and they don't have... This is when... It's when you need your serial winners as well, yeah. and I don't. I think that's you're right in that. I think there are a lot of players there at Spurs that would maybe go, "Well, that would be a good season. We've done quite well." And what you really need at that point is someone who is so driven to win and has won things to go. No, that's, that's not, not good, good enough. enough. We're going to go out and win this. Yeah. Oh, you also need um, some kind of enthusiasm. Yeah. So, so uh, sorry. That sounds really, really bad. But the players who are playing for Tottenham are either Tottenham rejects who have still remained on the payroll, who are coming back like like Janssen and Loriente. Yeah. Um, or they're players who played every single game of every. You know, they are or they're players who come back from injury and they're they're a bit spent. And because of that, you need the 
the Hudson Adoys. You know, you yeah. need the James, the the Phil Foden type characters to come in who you've been waiting for your chance, chomping at the bit. You're excited. You're young. You're quick. Yeah. They they need one of England's thirty seven wingers yeah. who, are, who are sixteen to nineteen years old to, to come on and do a job because because that lifts the rest of the side. Having watched the game this morning, the Spurs were awful for the first forty odd minutes, and then the saviour arrived, Musa Sissoko. Yeah, they, they did. You're and right. Vertonghen went off. Um, Sissoko came, came on, on and they looked a lot better. And you're off. talking about enthusiasm and having a bit of an energy. He came on and just ran around a lot. Like, yeah. was the anti Which is what he does. Yeah. And, <laughs> but he, like a couple of times he picked up the ball just around the centre circle and then kind of muscled off one guy, barge past another, and then went, oh, I'm on the edge of the box. Yeah, you're and, right. Yeah. And he drives the game on. I would possibly have him in my. Maybe in the top. Five performing players for Spurs this year. He's, I think he's been really for Spurs. good for Spurs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for Spurs. Th- well, come on, you would not have said that about him at the start of the year. I think he's he's had a really good year. That is faint That's about, that is as much <laughs> credit as I'm giving him. One of the him. seven top performing midfielders <laughs> for Spurs this year. He's one of the best five in my five-a-side team. But yeah. I uh, I think Spurs didn't play that bad in the second half, and they're still in it. I think that's the main. Th- I don't think that Spurs losing one nil at home to Ajax is actually a massive problem. Sun's back. Sun's back next week. They may get Harry Winks back. Sissoko will be fitter. Um, and I think having watched them Ajax once, it's Ajax's responsibility next week at home to come out and come at Spurs. It's Spurs' responsibility to make sure they don't concede more than one. And then score on the counter attack. If they get two goals next week, they'll win that game. Because so I can see them winning 2 1, 2 0. Um, if they can see two, over. But I can see them getting a couple of goals on the counter attack. Um, Kieran Trippier wasn't great this morning. No. Hasn't had a great year. Uh, was the World Cup peak Trippier? Oh, yeah. And it's now. <laughs> yeah. like, I kind of feel like it, you know he was best best right back best right wing and the best right wing back in the world at the world cup and now i'm like oh, you used to play for burnley didn't you like yeah he really hasn't been that great i i don't think they've got hope in hell of being ix ix were a superior team tactically they were fitter they were sharper they were younger they were less jaded the experience that the spurs players had weighed them down and the inexperience that ix had freed them and, yeah, and okay. I think that that will only just be evident in the, in the second leg. Um, one last thing before we move off to Champions League. Tomorrow morning, and this will come out after this has happened, so just one word answers. Who's going to win at Barcelona-Liverpool? Barca. Win the tie or win the, win the game tomorrow? There's always something with Rog, isn't there? It's always. never a one word answer. Who's gonna win this tomorrow? is why I hang out with you more. Win, win <laughs> who's going to win tomorrow morning? Barca. I think Barca. Draw. And then who's oh. going to win the whole thing? Liverpool. Barca. I think Liverpool are going to go through. I think Barca are going to win tomorrow and Liverpool go through. But we won't talk about that too much because we'll miss it. Um, also, what else were we going to talk okay, about? Man Sorry, City and Liverpool both won. Yes, title race. Now, I'm just going to throw a question out here. Right, We've spoken a lot about how this is really exciting. Really exciting, mm. great exciting title race. We've said it many weeks in a row. Exciting, isn't it exciting? Aren't they, aren't they doing really well, well, there is a title race. There is a, there is a title race. Is but maybe it's not exciting when they just both win it. Maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if they were both winning and losing, then maybe. But it's way more exciting. Like, yeah. way more exciting. You've made a really good point. I was think like it got a bit boring this week. We just like. 
yeah, they're going to win. Neither one of them have lost a game in two months. Yeah. And I don't see them really losing. It's, it's no. just like, actually, like on paper, oh my God, every week there's a new Premiership leader. Yeah. That's not really real, though, because one team plays yeah. before the other team and then the other team plays and it's back to the way it was <laughs> for mean, the next five days. It is quite impressive. The, oh, it's what, crazy. The, what they're doing like it's you know it's never been done before but I, I agree with you and I kind of like it as well because it's like you know you always have your like stick to whack Man City with about like the City machine being yeah. you know, so good it's boring and now they're like involved in one of the greatest title races of all time and it's boring, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. they're going to win like the closest highest points tally Premier League ever and it's dull do you think that my, my... maybe there's a twist yeah, I still think there is going to be a twist in it somewhere, and I don't know if it'll be this week. I kind of think it might be on the last day. Of they the might season. both lose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think on the last day of the season, because everyone plays at the same time, and because if it goes to the same position it's in now, so Liverpool point behind with one game to go, that stress and tension yep. and that kind of moment of the last day something weird's going to happen Liverpool score and you hear the, the sound goes around the stadium you pick up on that as players Like yeah. it, I, if it goes to the final day brilliant and Man City got Brighton oh god they're going to smash them <laughs> <laughs> Brighton was safe and Liverpool got Wolves but Man, no, Man City are away um, you kind of want Brighton to still have to get a point out of their game to stay up. Yes, agree. Um, but Brighton are also awkward to play against. So I just think that something could happen on the last day of the season. We could have an Aguero moment. Are we clutching could, at straws, though? A little bit. Yes. <laughs> so many straws. It's all over. Yeah. But it, because it's the last day and everyone's playing at the same time, I think it could possibly something could happen. I'd love it if it did. Yeah, great. Um, talking of things that aren't going to change, relegation. Of Brighton safe now? Yes. Cardiff big, big had result. to beat Fulham. Yeah. Uh, but Fulham. Great goal. Babel. Ryan Babel. was a good sign. Uh, I'll tell you what, he's uh, put himself in the shop window. We may see. Is he on the ball? I feel like he should be he on the ball. He was on the wall last season. Uh, last se- I think we might see him back in the Premier League next year. He's been brilliant. He's yeah. a little cameo, hasn't yeah. he? He's been really, really good. Um, and it's a bit of a disgrace that Fulham is suddenly now a winning clean sheet keeping the team three wins in three games with three clean sheets maybe is it is it that they've all relaxed or is it that Scott Parker's had enough time to you know get a a way of playing I think they've worked out a way of playing that they're comfortable with Um, I think they would have relaxed a bit but I think he's also turned around to them and said I want to come straight back up and prove to me that you want to play for this team next year because there's a lot of players They, they will like it's often happens when a team that comes up and spends lots of money and then goes back down but there will be huge turnover again like it's mm. so hard because we sort of we preached continuity when they came up and then they just went out and spatched everywhere <laughs> and bought all these random players and now they're going to go back down and they're probably going to do the same thing because yeah. they have to get rid of all these players they'll be knocking on the so door of everyone they let go yeah. going, oh, back. oh minus Sessegnon I remember an interview with Jody and Lescott when Villa went down and uh, he came and he got slated for this at the time he came down he came out and said the day that they were relegated after the game he goes it's actually a bit of a relief Oh, I goes, that, because yeah. we were we've always been kind of mathematically like we could be safe but actually now we're down 
it's a bit of a relief and we feel like we can play football again yeah. and then Villa those last few games were, were good yeah. and we're seeing exactly the same for Fulham the, the and West pressure, Brom did the same last year didn't they yeah the pressure killed them yeah. as soon as there's no pressure they can start expressing themselves again but that makes you question the mentality of the football club the players the manager it's a disgrace well, it, yeah isn't it the manager's role to remove that pressure mm. shouldn't you send your team out just thinking it's just another game of football that's exactly right yeah. it's, just, it's just a game in Saturday afternoon doesn't really matter um, has anyone else got anything else on the Premier League they wanted to talk about do we want to talk about player of the year well the player of the year was Virgil van Dijk I don't think you can argue with that can you no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more a uh, young player of the year. We can I, argue about that because well, that's, that's a travesty. Yeah, I, I just think reduce the age, like yeah. twenty. You know, have uh, so Raheem Sterling. Sil- won it. Raheem Sterling won it. Silver was in it as well. Both have had a great season. I completely agree. Both were also nominated for the player of the year. Um, drop it to twenty one. Because yeah. I think we sort of miss out on recognising some young players that have had a, a really good season. Like, um, yeah. I mean, you've got Alexander-Arnold at Liverpool, you've got Wan-Bissaka at Crystal Palace, yeah. Madison. Like, there are some players that have had some great seasons and I think well, and more you make deserving. It, um, maybe you keep it the age, but you have to be in your first three seasons as a Premier League player or something because Sterling has oh, played yeah. for seven seasons in the Premier League he's an experienced pro Yeah, he knows how to play in the Premier League whereas Wan Bissak has had his first season ever and so that's a whole different game to be able to hit that level in your first season do you know it, um, I've already told John this we talked about this uh, offline but sorry when, you have conversations that are not recorded yeah. Yeah. I have uh, to hang out with you I'll get Wan-Bissaka oh. Wan has only been beaten nine times this season in a dribble wow Do you entire know, season on, Van Dyke's been beaten none yeah oh really he's not been beaten once not a single time Wow. All year. That's quite good. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, although he plays Messi in the morning, so... <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I hope he just squashes yeah. him. Not one. And that's... But, you know, he does have a habit of standing off until they take a yeah. pot shot. And, uh, you know, right back, you, you would argue that you're going to face more... Face more uh, wingers. Yeah. 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 True, true, true. Um, you were going to say something then? I was going to say that Van Dyke's only been beaten... Um, hasn't ever been beaten by a dribble this oh, season. Oh, you've got yeah. to get new material, Jeff's yeah. already said We that. probably spoke to each other when we weren't talking about Yeah, hanging out, <laughs> hang out not you. Um, Roz, do you want to give us a championship update? Uh, yeah, there's been some big events in the last week in the championship. Uh, Norwich and Sheffield United are both promoted... Uh, officially in the Premier officially League. Officially in the Premier League. Norwich. Um, for everyone at home, League. Jeff just put his hands in his you know, his head in his hands. Why why Sheffield he... United? I'm so mean? sick of both of them. Why? <laughs> I'm just sick of it. But Sheffield United Chris Wilder took over Sheffield United when they were eleventh in League One. Yeah. Which is their lowest league position in their history ever. And that was only three years ago. And he's got him promoted twice in three years. And he's a Sheffield United fan. And played for Sheffield United. Yeah, I get all of it. It's a good story. And, and I would also, in Norwich, so Norwich, Daniel Fark has been there for three three years now, two two four seasons. Yeah. Um, they came 14th last year. Now, I think in a lot of instances, so they got him, they went the Dortmund route again. He was the yeah. Dortmund B coach. Um in a lot of instances, he would have been given the sack, I think. Uh, you know, Norwich want to get back to the Premier League and they come 14th. But they 
things started to click towards the end of that year even though they weren't winning and they said no we'll give him another year and we'll see how we go and they have been brilliant this year and it's not just the coach so they uh player of the year was uh pookie who's top goal scorer in the championship they got him for free like that's amazing um i'm looking forward to seeing him in the premier league there's a guy called emiliano buenda who they signed for one and a half million from Getafe in Spain. They haven't won a game without him on the pitch since he's been there. Where does he play? He plays in the like Norwich. a fluid <laughs> uh, in the in the front three or the three that yeah. play behind Pookie. He's like yeah. a, a you know he can top. play yeah left right central. Um, but he he actually was on loan at Cultural Leonesa, who are a, a feeder club for Leeds. So last year, he was at a feeder club for Leeds, and oh, wow. Leeds could have signed him. But they didn't. chose not to. And then he's come to Norwich, and he's been brilliant this year. So, I, I mean, I I agree with you, Jeff, in that I, I basically want to see Bielsa in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think you have to take your hat off to Norwich and Sheffield United. <clears throat> to, you know, championship's such a hard league to get out of. But I think the other thing that... I wanted to talk about with the championship was the rather bizarre Aston Villa and Leeds game. Yeah. So Leeds had to beat Villa to keep their mathematical chances of promotion alive. Um, so there's a um, ball comes in to you know round about the centre circle, and there's a challenge between uh, Villa striker Jonathan Codger and a Leeds player. Codger goes down. Ex-Bristol um, City, Codger. Ex-Bristol City. Uh, goes down very dramatically, holding his leg or something, his, his arse. His uh, Codger. Looked. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, you're like, there's nothing in that at all. Get up. Yeah. You're a disgrace. Yeah. But immediately, the Villa players start running around with their arms in the air saying, you know, Leeds, you've got to put the ball out. You've got to put the ball out. You know, he's injured. Um, it looks like Leeds are going to do that goes to a guy on the wing and he kind of stops and looks like he's about to kick the ball out of play but he doesn't he punts the ball down the wing and the Leeds guy essentially get, you know gets the ball and he's through and on goal and he runs in and scores and it's a great finish and it's a great finish um, and you know cue pandemonium all hell breaks all loose all hell breaks loose uh Who's the, Patrick Bamford um, has a bit of a scuffle with um, the Aston Villa centre back, what's his name? Grabe. Um, yeah. And, you know, got sort of uh, scuffed with an elbow round about the chest region, but went down holding his face. And today it's come out that the Villa player hasn't been banned, and Patrick Bamford's got a two game ban yeah. for simulation. Which is interesting. He is the, he's only the second player to get a, a posthumous posthumous yeah. Post, yeah, yeah. posthumous ban. Well, I think that means dece- death. Yeah, death. Yeah. Yeah. A post game ban for deceiving a referee. The last player was seventeen months ago, and that was Omar Nyasa. Oh, there you go. Yeah, wow. Um, but anyway, so it was all all kicking off rather dramatic, and then. And the other thing with this that I found bizarre, it's clearly offside. So the Leeds yeah. player that went on to score the goal is a, clearly a few yards offside, but the linesman had stopped as well. Because the linesman had got caught up in this, oh, the ball's going to be kicked out. And so he'd sort of stopped. And then the offside Leeds player goes on and scores. So I think the biggest issue here is that the goal was offside. But anyway, the <laughs> Le- Leeds then 
um, you know, kick off. And Bielsa is very animated on the bench. And essentially, he gets his message across that he believes that Leeds took advantage of the situation. And so he lets Aston Villa score a goal direct from the kickoff and you know, are able to run run yeah. down uncontested until the last minute when the lead centre back got a bit of Janssen a, just goes no, just I got a bit uncomfortable yeah. and didn't now I well, yeah, that that typifies why won't be Elsa in the Premier League. Yes, well, like firstly, um, should Leeds carried on and just scored a goal? Because in my opinion, yes, yes, is, yes, is, yeah. yeah. I I think it's a disgrace and I hate it's now part of the game. You have to put the ball out if someone's writhing around on the floor because everybody does it. We saw yeah. it at the World Cup. Yeah. Just don't. If it's a head injury because yeah. the, the referees uh, are meant to stop the game if it's a head injury or serious injury. Yeah, and if it's not, which you can tell pretty quickly when someone's faking or whether it's real. Um, if it's not, then it's up to your discretion to carry on playing. If they want to carry on playing, you carry on playing and score. And yep. That's fine. Um, there was huge amount. Of, all the Villa players obviously went nuts. But the Villa manager, um, Dean Smith, and the assistant, John Terry, they, there is talk of the fact that they went over to Bielsa, and Bielsa's translator, which he has next to him, um, to say, you should let us score because of this, you should let us score because of this. And Bielsa obviously has the history of the spy gate, because he got accused mm. of spying. And he came out and said, it's a cultural difference, this is something you do in South American football and I've done it forever and it doesn't bother anyone over there it's just what you do so I feel like he was pressured into a scenario where he felt like I need to do what's right because this is the cultural for, for the yes. Ukrainians and then he allows them to score it's really weird it's really if if I was a Leeds fan I'd be so gutted that yeah. I have to win this game to stay in the race to promote. Well, I think the only thing for me that makes it okay is realistically it was to stay in it mathematically, but realistically it was already over. They were in the playoffs. So that's the only thing that kind of I'm... I think if it was they had to win this to really still have a chance, I'd be more upset about it. In my opinion, is really basic. Just like you said, the referee is the only one who can stop a game of football. Until he says stop, you don't stop. However... I absolutely loved watching oh, the yeah. pantomime yeah. that was that yeah, age. Let them score. Let them like, score. Like I, I rolled over in bed. I checked yeah. my phone. It was like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> I had a great eight minutes. Yeah. I had a shower and I went to work. So for me, it made life a bit better. Yeah. It's on our Facebook page. If anyone's not seen it yet, so just watch. It's worth it. So for all of its faults, it was fucking brilliant TV. And there is another thing here, which is the playoffs are gonna be great so we've got it's going to be Leeds and West Brom and Villa so yep. West Brom and Aston Villa obviously a local derby that could be the first fixture yep. which will be massive and then it's going to be one of Derby Middlesbrough and Bristol City and we just hope that uh, Swansea beat um, Derby overnight so it goes to the final day that'd be great and then Bristol City can just scrape in yeah and then one other thing just going down a league overnight um, very quickly uh, Luton and Barnsley were both promoted from League One um, without kicking a ball because Pompey and Sunderland both lost. Now, Portsmouth and Sunderland are third and fourth in League yeah. One. They've already played a massive game this year in the Checkered Aid Trophy. I've got a feeling that those two teams will get through to the um, playoff final for At League Wembley One again. at Wembley again, and that'll be a massive game. Yeah, so, that's going to be awesome. <clears throat> 
Um, has anyone got any side stories? Yeah. So, do you remember last week we had a good, robust conversation about whether managers are completely pointless? Yes. <laughs> and at the very end of that conversation, John, you accused me of going down Bollock Street. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how it, was it down there? It was. It was great. So you <laughs> accused me of going down Bollock Street when I basically said you could just crowdsource who plays in the team. Do you remember? <laughs> yes. Put it yeah, to that, a vote. Put it to a vote. Yeah. Now I wanted to. <clears throat> um, talk about something that happened in 2007 so back in 2007 when oh, we were uh, 12 younger. years younger you had, you had a hairline all of us were 12 years younger <laughs> some of us were born yeah. of the people who were less than 12 there was a, a chap who was a, a football journalist who was a copywriter essentially who came up with a concept called My Football Club <clears throat> have you heard was about this? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no his name was not Carl no. sorry thinking for it um, now My Football Club was a subscription based ownership model so what he wanted to do was have people sign up to this concept, pay 35 English pounds, and what he would do with all of this money is buy a football club. Yep. And by doing that, he would then give you the right, as a member of this called My Football Club, to buy players, to sell players, to choose the team, to sack the manager, to get sponsorship deals, kit deals. Everything was going to be done on a voting structure. So the owners were going to be everyone who paid £35. <clears throat> Within the first weekend, they had 50,000 registrations. That's a lot of money. They raised half a million dollars, half a million pounds, yeah. so that's like $1.1 million within the first 10 days of this website being up and running. This bloke said he just kept checking his PayPal account and it was just pow, 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 pow. Now, there was rumours flying around at the time that they were going to buy teams like Leeds United because in 2007, yeah. Leeds were... Down you the buy them for a quid. You know, combine them to just write off their debts. However, there was a they put in a bid for a club called Ebbs Fleet United. Now, ninety five percent of the fan base of my football club supported the buyout of Ebbs Fleet United. So they spent six hundred and thirty five thousand pounds and bought Ebbs Fleet United, who were in the conference at the time. So suddenly, there is a football model where fans crowdsourcing have a say in every single aspect of the club so what happened in this uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story mm. from start to finish without banging on too long the, um, the, the, the manager obviously was a bit like second fiddle with this because he trains and he coaches and you know so what they did is instead of um, having the fans choose the team every single week they had a fan vote of whether they trusted the manager to choose the team God, that's oh, that's Jeez. pressure. That is yeah. proper pressure. Now, there wasn't a single week where they didn't vote to have the manager choose the team. But if the manager had lost six, seven games in a row, played the wrong winger out wide, you know, yeah. played, started um, De Gea yeah. having had three... Yeah. Mis- yeah, If he'd done that and the majority, over 50%, thought, we don't trust this guy to do it, it would have gone out to the however many of tens of thousands of people who put in £35 at the beginning of this to actually choose the team. Incredible. Now, unfortunately, it didn't last very long. <laughs> so I'm not saying that this is a... This, this, I was going to say, I think you've gone to a lot of effort to show that you didn't go down Bollock Street. No, I just think it's just, just... You're rowing your boat further down. I just think it's, it's a really interesting story because if you don't know about it, it's a, it's a really... Inter- it, it was deemed at the time. So like, how did it fail? It was, a, it was all over the BBC. It was it was a it was on the news on the TV because it was such a new model of what is football club ownership. They actually um 
the biggest bit of uh, fan base or, or owner base news was when they voted to sell a player to Bristol City. Uh, John Aldi, Aldi, uh, they sold him for one hundred and forty grand. Mark Hindy, was it? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not him. Uh, they sold him for one hundred and forty grand. And um, they had they were interviews with the player, interviews with the manager, all released to this private network. And when he said, oh, "I want to leave the football club," I, like I feel like I've got ambitions higher up the league. The coach went, "He's not training very well." They decided, as a fan base, the majority said, "Okay, we will sell him and we will accept this much." It sold him to Bristol City for that much. First ever fan decided sale for a hundred forty thousand pound footballer. How did this all end? So, in 2013, the club got relegated. Yeah. It was John McKindy. Oh, Kindy. Pardon me. Uh, So, the club got relegated. People, as soon as it was Ebbsfleet United, the original influx of owners, call them owners, who spent the £35 million, started losing interest because they were expecting a Leeds United or, at the time, Oxford United or, or clubs that had some kind of history. But the... But Ebbsfleet were a new club on the however many yeah. years before that. They were a combination of two different clubs. So people started losing interest. So the the person who was championing this whole thing was struggling to keep engagement from everybody. Because of that, the money dried up. And when the money dried up, they were struggling to stay afloat. They got relegated. Then they had a vote on whether they sell the club to new owners. So in 2013, they sold the club. And two-thirds of the owners... um, They won the FA Trophy, by the way, in this period. So they actually won a trophy during this period. Uh, The two-thirds of the club decided to sell the owners and made a bit of money. Wow. What an incredible story that is. So when, we, when I disappeared yeah. down bollocks, you're absolutely right. Yeah, maybe we do need managers and maybe it is pointless <laughs> saying we should all choose a Man United team. However, isn't it nice to think that... It's good that to know it's actually been tried. Someone had that conversation yeah. that we had and took it more seriously than we did <laughs> and actually convinced 100,000 people to take it even more seriously and bought a fucking football club. But we probably won't see it again. No. Nah. Should we buy an A-League club? It only costs us 50 bucks each. I, I, Talk to Robbie. Just, so, all of the listeners, are you willing to put in 50? 50, 50, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll buy an A League club. Um, does anyone else have any more side stories before we go on to end feature? Um, no, go on, let's go. Uh, Rod, uh, Jeff, have you got a uh, new song for us? Or have you got a. Oh, no, yeah, oh, it's a new one. Whoa. Jazzy. It's the end of the season. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling. Um, as it's coming to the end of the season, do you reckon by next season we might have a new, like, exciting theme tune of some kind? Maybe. I just think that if I tune that guitar, it's just never going to be the, the same. same. Well, so, I was either record now or it's just going to die. Well, maybe next season we'll have something flashy. If a string breaks, it's the end. It's the end. This is the end. Okay, so my bet this week, John. Um, before you go on to your bet, Jeff. Sorry, John. Uh, we all lost last week let's not dwell on that well no (laughs) but what I'm going to bring up is the fact that um, as a whole season of everything we spent we're only $14 ahead oh my god so we need to be even keels or ahead by the end of the season so it's going to come down to the last week it's a bit like the tight race maybe a little bit more exciting (laughs) Um, so this could possibly be the most pointless exercise we've ever we've ever gone down this is this no, is, this is no, most, this, fun. yeah this is the most important bit of all time Jeff. and we're only in this position of not making any money because you've been so bad all year yeah it's all on your head 
So yeah, but what? I won last year, didn't I? No. No. Yeah, I'm sure I won last year. <laughs> Where's last? Who's deleted? Deleted. Um, okay, what my have bet. You got, Jeff? My bet this yeah. week. So I. <laughs> here, here we go. I think that even though it's the most boring title race in the world, it's all going to blow up this week. It's all going to blow up. Okay. I believe in um, Newcastle. Oh wow. And oh, I, I think gone that, way. that Newcastle will not lose against Liverpool. So, win or draw. Yeah. I think that is paying $3.40. Wow. And because of that, Man City are going to win and it's all going to be over and it's a big, fat, wet sandwich. Wow, okay. That's a what really, a, what a depressing really yeah. Why you're wrong. did you make that bet? That's horrible. I've, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, like... Well... I was going to say revert to character, but it's very out of character for me. I'm I'm going to go completely the opposite way, and I I romance isn't dead, uh, and Brendan Rodgers is going to conjure a win. Oh, and Liverpool are also going to beat Newcastle and score over one and a half goals in the process, and it's paying twenty four dollars eighty two. Wow! Wow! He's gone big. Come on, Brendan. Well, it's like the ex-Liverpool manager standoff, isn't it? I get the fat yes. one. You get yes. the. You get the fat one. I get the, the rubber face. You one. get the greasy one. Although yeah. Rafa's fatter, but Brendan Rodgers just looks so much more unhealthy. Well, yeah, yeah Rafa looks like a Christmas pudding. Yeah, but Brendan Rodgers just—it's like he's slept in a chip pan. Yeah, it's basically yeah. 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 He, he does. He does yeah. do a lot of Sunday. Yeah. Do you know that he is um, Jurgen Klopp's landlord? No. Yeah. Brendan oh, Rogers well, is. Brendan Rogers owns the house that Jurgen Klopp lives in. Wow. Yeah. How good is that? That's a weird story. Who's who owns Mo Salas? Um, Isn't that like Phil Neville or something? Uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, that's right. Why do they all own each other's houses? Weird I don't own anyone's houses. I have a story on that, but it's boring. So I'll maybe bring it up next week. <laughs> <laughs> My bet uh, is I've gone for Fulham to beat Wolves. Because Fulham have won three in a row and Wolves can't play crap teams. Yep, that's a, I that's a that solid one. bet. That's yeah. a solid bet, yep. Um, and I've also bet on Leicester. Have you gone double chance? To chance? draw. Oh, to draw. With Only a draw? Just draw with Man City. I think that game's going to be a draw. Those two legs are paying $68. Shut the funk door. What's, what's gone... the draw playing? Uh, the draw's paying $8 and Fulham are paying $8 uh, yeah, to beat dollars. Yeah, wow. So, yes just gone big this is where I'm going to come in and win at the end <laughs> wow um, I'd love it if you did because I don't want Man City to win the league no one wants Man City it's all over this weekend next time we sit back in the shed we're going to talk about the most underwhelming title oh, race of all time I hope not come on Rafa um, does anyone have anything before we go no no thanks for listening everyone <laughs> <laughs> Rog definitely has some come on come on Liverpool come on Brendan um, we will be back next week um, as always, if you want to get in touch, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a message or um, on Facebook or Instagram. And don't forget to leave us a review and tell your mates. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>